Hi friends, welcome to the Bible Project Podcast. And you reach part 187, which is uh, episode 118 of season 2, which is our verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter journey through the book of Genesis. And we've reached Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 to 16, which we're going to probably spend six or seven, we're going to spend about a week working through this chapter 16, asking the question about what is the nature of God revealed here and does God really care when it comes to us individually? So the question really I'd like to prefigure our time together with is, is ask you if the question, do you ever, have you ever prayed and not got an answer? I had someone once say to me that not only does God not answer their prayers, but they actually said they don't think God knows where they live. Have you ever thought, why doesn't God do something about this difficult situation I'm facing in my life? You know what, in the face of unjust treatment, some begin to ask, quite reasonably, the question, does God really care? I wonder if things have ever got so bad for you that you felt like running away from a situation. I understand that. I think I've felt that way once or twice in my life. But, you know, reflecting on it, the worst situation, the worst type of feeling I ever had is when I wanted to run away from a situation while at the same time recognising that that situation was all of my making. At the age of about 22, I was really struggling in a job. And rather than going to my line manager and maybe asking for some more support, I decided to sort of jump ship, resign and quickly move and try and find a job elsewhere. And during that time, I felt particularly alienated and alone. And I think it's usual for people, if they're really struggling and they're going through a time like that, to feel that way. Maybe some people even get depressed in the face of what they consider at the time to be a really unbearable situation. And it can leave some Christians asking questions like, where is God in all of this and does he really care about me? Now, if that question's ever crossed your mind, I invite you to give an ear to the story that is going to be illustrated for us in Genesis chapter 16, because I really think it comes up with some helpful answers. This is an interesting story in this chapter, but it's also an incredibly relevant passage of scripture for anyone living today. As a matter of fact, I would almost suggest this scripture is as up to date as today's newspapers. One of the things that never ceases to amaze me is how this book, which was produced thousands of years ago, goes on affecting the lives of individuals, but also society and cultures. Anything and anyone who established a way of living under its principles. Yet it's daunting when you think that very suddenly, probably in the last 30 or 40 years, the whole idea of this as being an underpinning and a way that is helpful for living your life. We're in danger of losing all that. And I think that's a big mistake because this book really is amazing and magnificent. You know, medieval people planned projects that they knew would take over 300 years to complete. Cologne Cathedral, for example. Now that's unimaginable today, both within the ideas of society, but also within the ideas of Christians and the church. It seems we often can't think beyond next week. Businesses don't plan beyond next quarter's balance sheet. They totally live in a reactionary way to the circumstances they find themselves in. But here we have something that was written thousands of years ago, yet is still up to date. Who would thought that words 
on a page, on a scroll, would last longer than huge monuments built with brick and stones. I only have to sit down and watch a television programme from the 1970s to think, wow, I can't believe people really thought that way. But this tells me that these scriptures, the way they were written and the way they were compiled, mean that these ancient people were thinking over millennia, thousands of years. And because of that, the truths within the text remain true to this day. These people weren't primarily concerned about their own situation. They were obviously thinking about their existence, but they were thinking about it in such a way that they were casting forward. Abraham, by the fact that this was written down and recorded, shows these ancient people weren't just thinking about their children and their grandchildren. They were thinking about the whole society that would be established and follow on for thousands of years. This is probably the first example on a societal level of what Swiss psychologist Jean Piaget called a yearning for a balanced state. This idea is planted right at the heart of scripture and we're told this on several occasions. Here in Genesis chapter 6 is the first point in the biblical narrative where we see the idea of moral progress not only being established by individual morality but also in proper balanced relationships between people, not just between an individual and God, but between people and each other within that society. Although a very ancient story, it's probably the first written account to show the emergence of what we would call today simply a fair society. This is the beginning of a nation of people and the beginning of the very first society. Remember, Abram's name change to Abraham means he will be declared to be father of the nations. You see, God's not asking Abraham just to think about his family and his personal situation or even the life of his children over the next 10 or 20 years. You see, his actions and what he's been asked to consider are going way beyond that. What God is asking Abraham to establish is a way that means that people can live and work and prosper together. The local community, that what we today call the church family, can do that. A way in which things can be structured that build people up and works for everyone's benefit. And that, by definition, is the definition of a godly way. Not just right then, not just next week or next year, but right down into the future, and I believe we're still benefiting from that today. Isn't that amazing? This is the way in which God ordains that relationships between people should be set up so that humanity can remain sustainable. God's ideal is that the family and then the church and then the wider society should in some way be a conceptualization of living the holy life something that is prefigured and prophesied and representing an end goal of the descending of the eternal holy city to earth in Revelation. That is what we're meant to be aiming for. It's something like trying to make something a reality in the day-to-day -day way in which you live your life, which reflects, in a sense, the higher path that God has called and directed with the end goal in mind of paradise. So how can we start to live that way today? Well, how about this as a suggestion? Begin by mending broken relationships in your family. That's a good start, friends. 
Then, maybe think about mending relationships within the wider church family. That's a good start. But to do that in a way that is effective and sustainable, it must be underpinned by having the right view of God. Our view of God is critical to our thinking because there are very different views of God that people hold out there. Our view of God as a father or a tyrant is absolutely critical to the type of society or family or individual character which will manifest those people who seek to do on earth as it is in heaven. So the question is, but what is your view of God? Is God a tyrant? Is God a dictator? Or is God a father? Well, we look at those various views of God in the next episode. Bye for now.